0: What's up, Emily? Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing okay. How are you? Doing okay. You know, I was listening to other podcasts today, which um, is like now extra fun now that we record and I like feel like I have, I like know what the process is like. So I feel like, (laughs) "Mm." Um, I was listening to podcasts and like most podcasts give a summary of what their show is like every beginning episode, like every time. (laughs) <laughs> and we can't Wait, even really? say both our names. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Like, they're like, hi, I'm Blah Blah, and this is Blah Blah, and we do, and this is our format for this, or whatever. They're like, and this is the sex files where we're we're rewatching the series and ripping Chris Carter a new asshole. And they're like, and then they go into your, the, they're like, how are you, is whatever.
1: Interesting.
0: I didn't think about it.
1: <laughs> I didn't think about it either, but like, also... I feel like one doesn't just stumble upon this podcast.
0: No, this is really niche. I feel like we're fine.
1: Yeah. Because like, how do we even explain it? I don't even know.
0: And we introduce our corners before we walk into them. Yeah. That's enough. You guys are oriented, right? Like, you know where you're at. (laughs) Jillian's
1: corner. Who's Jillian? Who's Jillian? Jillian's whoever you want her to be.
0: (laughs) Whoever you want her to be. If you listen to the entire episode and you get to Jillian's corner and you don't know who Jillian is, like, props to you, honestly. Yeah.
1: You can make up whatever you want, whatever makes you feel happy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, always, but you know, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. Anyway. Who's coming next? (laughs) We hit 12,000 listens today.
1: Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah, my grandpa thinks that that's like the coolest thing ever. He's telling everyone.
0: That's really cute. I know. I think everyone I, everybody I tell thinks 12,000 is a lot more than it is, considering we have this is our 32nd episode. Mm hmm. you like, listen to all together. Well, it's, it's like that <laughs> podcast
1: that Jillian was just, that we just listened to, which we'll link. The guy, she asked the guys what their, she said, viewership, listenership. But she, he meant listenership. Yeah um and they were like oh like a couple hundred thousand but like we're kind of like on the way like I'm not saying a hundred thousand like I know how many episodes have they had at that point that's what I mean and they had like famous guests on already like they were
0: gonna talk to Bill Gates or whoever I know so and I was I sent Emily a voice memo because I was listening to this whole podcast being like we could have her on we could totally have her on. I was like, we could have an interview just like this. Like, we could do that. And I was like, really living in dream world. And then we got to the end there. And she's like, what's your listener or viewership or whatever? And he was like, a couple hundred thousand. She was, that's pretty good. And I was like, eh. huh. "No." <laughs> I was
1: if, like, 12,000. If- I think it's pretty cool. I, again, my family is marvels at the fact that we had, t- I was just telling them 10,000 because that was the last that I heard. So, um, Over Christmas and the new year, um, my uh, grandmother got very sick very suddenly um, and ended up passing away um, about a week after, or a week or two after she found out um, that she was sick. And uh, being the loving and supporting and ever caring grandmother that she was, she wanted, of course, to listen to this podcast I obviously wasn't comfortable with them listening because the way I, um, f- the way I celebrate will say, mm-hmm. put, to put it kindly, my sexuality is not, not something that I think um, is something that I will share with most of my family. but a little part of me felt bad because I of course, like wanted them to be able to support me and, and know what I was doing and be proud of me but um, I had told her um, when she was very, very sick that we had 10,000 listens. And I think um, I was thinking about if I wanted to say this or not, but I'm just gonna say it, but um, cause I don't think it's ever a bad thing to just say thank you always, but just like, thank you everyone for listening because Even though like she wasn't, obviously I wasn't comfortable with her listening to the actual content of what we talk about in the podcast and everything, she still was really, really proud of me. And she was proud of me because, you know, she would have been proud of me if like one person listened, I
0: know, but but still,
1: it was really cool for me to be able to tell her that we had, you know,
0: a good amount, that many listens. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And
1: so I just want to say thank you. And I was kind of contemplating like how to bring that up and I just think that that's a good way and yeah
0: that's beautiful so just thanks yeah
1: and now we have, 12, and we have 12,000 and, that's amazing. and this wasn't
0: that long ago so I know rising very quickly but I'm so happy that you got to have that moment with her that's beautiful yeah. that's so special thanks and she is proud of you for so many fucking reasons you're incredible thanks
1: I feel okay I almost lost it for a second but I'm, okay. I'm so
0: proud of you I'm so proud of you. You're incredible.
1: Thanks for giving me that space. Oh my
0: God, always. Do you want to get into the question?
1: Yeah.
0: I got a little question. I love that this has kind of been turned into advice corner. (laughs) Me too. I just love, like, and I kind of
1: like, wasn't really sure. Like when we started, I think it's kind of morphed into like what I had anticipated it being Mm. in the beginning, but like, I didn't really have a name for it. So... But, like, calling it Sex Corner never really felt right because I knew I definitely wanted to, like, I, be I – would, I would absolutely have been open if you were as well yeah. to, like, you know, obviously any topic mm-hmm. at, like, at all. Um, Which
0: is definitely it's, what it's morphed into. But I kind of like that it's called Sex Corner even though we don't even talk about sex all the time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Because it's just sexy because we're talking about it. Exactly. It exactly. means so many things. Exactly. Okay. So we have a question from a beautiful baby listener that says... Do you have any tips on not letting your friends' negative feelings about themselves affect you? I have a friend who is constantly embarrassed and annoyed at how far behind in life she is because she hasn't had sex yet or is just starting college and she's having a tough time accepting that there's no such thing as being behind in life and stuff like that. I want to keep positive and encourage her to feel better about herself, but it's really starting to upset me and I hate to feel annoyed about it, but seeing other people struggle is tough. This sounds kind of selfish, ew. (laughs) Maybe you could encourage her to feel better about where she is in life and not feeling any pressure society question mark mark. well friend
1: um hello friend does she listen Um, (laughs) that's what i mean i don't know i like i have a i have some things to say to listener and i have some things to say to friend of listener okay go
0: and i'm gonna i'll bounce off you
1: (sighs) okay um so to listener question asker um I would say like first thing is set a boundary. Mm. Um, oh, the
0: best thing to do always.
1: Yeah, because I know it can feel um, it can feel like I struggle with this a lot with um, protecting my own energy and also not feeling like a bad friend when I can't be there for someone. But I think even just something as simple as, as saying um, to your friend, like, can you ask me before you vent at me just because sometimes like some certain topics that we talk about if you want to name the topic directly um affect me in a negative way and if they're brought up when I'm um, not ready to approach them, I can't then help you in the best way
0: that I can. Yeah, Um, That's great advice. Cause I feel like just the act of asking like, Hey, are you in the headspace to receive this? I need to talk about it. And it gives them the option. It it creates, not only won't make them feel better because they don't feel stuck and like they're being like attacked with like whatever emotions that you're feeling, but also it'll make them, they'll be more receptive and listening to you. And then you'll be heard better because somebody is a willing participant and they're prepared for it
1: absolutely because i think like ultimately like compassion without boundaries leads to self-betrayal and then like that sort of thing like (laughs) manifests in resentment towards that friend
0: wow this you know what listener Um, these are lessons that i also need keep going emily
1: no me too i mean no like me too like it's because it is it's really really hard um, and I feel like maybe either you and I have had this conversation or we've talked about it in an episode, but it's really, really hard to um, find a balance just within yourself between um, feeling like you're being a good friend and being there for someone, but also like recognizing that it's absolutely in your, within your right to say no and say that you, this is I, I, can't, I can't carry this for you right now or I can't yeah. help you carry this right now. Because it's, it's it's not it's not what we're it's not what we're socialized to be uh to be comfortable with. Yeah. With saying.
0: And and it's and I think it's um taking time for yourself, like maybe scheduled out time for yourself to sit with your own feelings and your own emotions to analyze and get a feel of how much you can take from other people. Because I know I have the tendency to be like, yes, I want to be there for everybody. And then I'm yeah. so quickly burnt out. And then I can't even handle my own emotions that come up. And then I can't be there for anybody at all. And so exactly, it's I think it's really being self-reflective and thinking about what realistically you can carry and removing any kind of guilt around not being able to carry other people's problems. Because just saying that out loud doesn't even sound logical.
1: Totally. And it's like sometimes we just aren't in the headspace to receive blatant negativity. And that's fine. And that, that doesn't make you a bad friend. That doesn't invalidate your friend's um, struggles. It just means that you've honored yourself. And um, if you're saying yes, when you really need to be saying no, that is, that self-sacrifice will only lead to resentment. And so um, I think you need to protect yourself wholly so that you can be there for the ones you love fully. And I think that that's like a-
0: That's beautiful. Little motto I, I go by. Poetic. <laughs> I mean, I because I know, I wonder if you have any thoughts on this. I really struggle with when I'm in situations where I always, I've always been the type of person that a lot of people come to with their problems. And I always, I feel yeah. very, it's like almost- uh, it's like an ego boost, truly, to where I feel like, oh, where I'm totally. like I'm the one that somebody's coming to, and so I don't want to say yep. no because it's it's an ego thing. Like, and I it's Absolutely. really setting that aside and prioritizing your own well being over your ego. I'm not saying that you're doing this, listener, but I know that I do. To where because it definitely makes me feel like I'm like, yeah. oh no, but I don't want them to go to somebody else with this, I'm like, why if I can't take it? Yeah, like what is exactly. that?
1: I mean, I think it's, like, I struggle with the exact same thing, and I I struggled with it to an even, um, like, more severe degree when I was younger, because, um, like, that plays into, like, you know, like, within friendships and within, like, cliques oh and my stuff God, like yeah. that, and it's, like, so it's, like, it is heightened, I think, totally, but I struggle with that absolutely as well, and, like, walking away from your... The ego of like this person chose to come and talk to me, so like I should value that and like not say no. But it's truly like they'll respect you more for saying I am not in the headspace to receive this, as opposed to unless they like, you know, if if they truly, truly, truly need you.
0: I mean it's and there's no situation. one else for them yeah. to go to.
1: Yeah. Like, you know. Um that's obviously case by case basis, yeah. but like generally I mean, We talk speaking, about that
0: just within our friendship a lot.
1: Yeah. And, and I think too, like when, and we've talked about this within our friendship too, it's like when um, self-soothing can be mm-hmm. applied as well. And it's like, that's hard to distinguish. It's hard to distinguish. Cause like our immediate, our immediate uh, desire is, is, is someone is needing someone. Mm-hmm. is just trying to find a comfort in somebody else. Even if like, even if like their comfort kind of is um, is like empty yeah. a little bit. It just feels good to have someone. Um, it feels
0: safer than sitting with the emotions by totally. yourself.
1: Exactly. Um, anyway, this is, I'm, I'm rambling. No, but
0: no, my God.
1: I would just say like getting back to this like very specific situation, like ask her what you can do for her um, when she's feeling especially um, behind yeah. and when she's feel, like really struggling with that um and just frame it as like i am working on making this friendship as fulfilling and as healthy as possible for both of us mm-hmm. and so what can i do for you when you're feeling this way or like classics like i'm um asking you this because i love you and because i value our relationship yeah. and just like ultimately what will help you feel more safe and more seen mm-hmm. when you're when you're struggling with this um and then if she's unsure, like tell her how you want to help her. Yeah. So that can come in like providing reassurance or offering concrete ideas that won't compromise your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know
0: for when, because I know for when, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I have an English degree. Anyways, I, because I know when I, um, I have had friends that have struggled a lot with feeling very behind. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the in, in some young, and some friendships that I had when I was young and I did things very early that, and by did things, I mean like things that society deems like grown up, like younger mm-hmm. than some of my friends. And so they would get frustrated because they felt behind, especially in comparison to me. And that definitely affected our friendship. Um, mm. and it would always be really frustrating because it felt almost like, I was doing something wrong by having had an experience and like that becomes an immediate yeah. and that's hard to reconcile when you're talking about it because you, cause then it almost feels like you're the cause and how can you offer reassurance totally. when you're part of the cause. Um, and for me, it was articulating, like, I want to be there to help you. But sometimes when you say these things, it makes it feel, it makes me feel like how you're feeling is my fault. And it's, I'm not the one that's causing – so I like setting that boundary, I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Totally. Yes. No, that makes complete sense. In a lot of ways, like I feel like I've been on both sides of this. And so it's like um, to be honest, like all that you can do – I mean if she's not being receptive to wanting your help or accepting or being able to articulate what she needs – if there's truly nothing that you can offer it's still love to say that's yours that's your work to do and then simply provide support where this where your friend needs it um and like in my experience it has on on both sides i would say it has just been um prioritizing yourself because like this is a tough question because it's like it's a there, there's there's really no response like it's it's a tough yeah. situation to navigate at the end of the day it is like a prioritizing of of oneself that will heal both sides mm-hmm. um and and all you can do as a friend is offer her um support ask her what you can do to support her and if she doesn't have an answer and you know which i already said but mm-hmm. like i'll say one more time why
0: not reiterate we make the rules
1: yeah, like, you know, it's very okay to just say um just say no and say this is your work to do.
0: Yeah, um, and I know it gets hard cuz it it can be really frustrating if you're offering reassurance to somebody and they just immediately negate you every time. Totally. Like Totally. And, and that's hard to navigate and so it's just identifying when it when is enough for you to do be like, "Okay, I've done." Like Exactly. I've offered my reassurance. If they're not going to accept it, you can't force them to.
1: Totally. And I think like, too, one of my, one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that, that you say to me me is yeah. When I'm down on myself is say, is you say, Hey, don't be mean to my friend (laughs) or don't talk about my friend like that. And like, for whatever reason, we're willing to treat people we love with respect and, we would never tell our friends what we tell ourselves exactly um but again like that's an issue for your yeah. friends like working on being kinder to yourself um and and i know that you know if you're i would never say the things that i say about myself about stevie <laughs> vice versa and so framing it like that does help because i guess it it there's some removal of
0: self. And it makes you I realize know. just how harsh you're being on yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. And but like, is it 100% valid to feel drained? Yeah. By this negativity? Absolutely. It's hard. Um, Not only because like it weighs on you, of course, but it's also really hard to hear somebody that you love, like talk really badly really about, about themselves and be so down on themselves. Yeah. Um,
0: so that's, that's fully, fully valid. Absolutely. Not selfish at all. So, like, in in terms of feeling um, like you're behind, there's truly, like, once you accept that there's no timeline for anything, it's like, wow, life feels free and just like limitless. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like for girls, there's truly no timeline that will leave you fully satisfied. When it comes to, Mm. like, having sex and going to college and doing all of those things. Specifically having sex. It's like, if you have sex too early, you're a whore. If you have it too late, you're a prude. There's no way to win. and It's just the patriarchy's way of making you feel like shit about your body. And so what better way to work on fucking tearing down the patriarchy than to say, fuck you, I'm going to do things whenever the hell I want. And just owning that and stepping into that.
1: And also, like, the whole timeline... I was using my very limited knowledge of U.S. history to, like, <laughs> it's more
0: than mine. guide Correct.
1: this. But, like, the whole concept of, like, this, that there is, like, a path in life is completely capitalistic. Uh, yeah. Like, it was truly created because, like, it was held as a standard for white men, like, all peaked in, like, the 50s, who, like, all went to college <laughs> They went to college to find a wife and to get married and to then be able to graduate and find a job. And the only reason that that was a thing was because like, they needed to maintain a capitalistic workforce and conservative traditional family units. And ultimately, they pushed that narrative, society, I say as they, society pushed that narrative because it created a society that was it was it created a workforce that then moved society forward yeah as a whole You're
0: so that's such a smart comparison continue that metaphor is so palpable oh my god
1: again like that i'm sure it goes back much further and is much more academic and involved than i just said no, But like so honestly academic. what can't what can't be blamed on the 50s
0: <laughs> right well, also um, that, like, false, um, like, hope of the American dream that's totally tied to yeah. the patriarchy, that's tied into capitalism, it's tied into all of it, tied Absolutely. into racism, everything.
1: The most important thing to remember is any shame that you're feeling from, like, whether this is coming from society as a whole, whether it's coming from your family or your friends or from others your age, that shame is not yours to carry, and we say this all the time, but it truly like that is the truth. Yep. People, you'd be surprised at how much people are projecting um, in interactions with you. Mm. And um, I know we've said this before, but it's like people can only meet you as much as they've met themselves. Yeah. Comparison will comparison will will kill you. I mean, there's no. Exactly. There's no one there's, and I know it's like easier said than done, but like truly there is no one path. Like there just isn't. I mean, the first
0: step is acknowledging that and telling yourself that on a daily basis. You need to make sure that everything that you're doing is because you want to do it. Don't jump into anything prematurely because you feel like you should, or you feel like you're behind. No, not ready. But if you are ready and it's truly from you and it's, it's like you, you're seeing experiences that you want to have solely because you're having the desire to have them. And then start seeking out ways to have those, those experiences. If it has to do with, and not having experienced any kind of romantic or sexual like relationships, then get on a dating app and experiment with messaging back and forth with people. Like there are ways to dip your toe into the water safely at your own pace if you're feeling ready to, but I think it's really sitting and real and making sure that it is because you want to, not because you feel like you should.
1: Totally, and like that's a really hard form to break. Like it's really hard to. I, I think um, that's something that like I've certainly sat with at so many points in my life, um, because I've always been very independent. I've always been very much um, sort of in in my own headspace. Mm-hmm. Whatever, yeah. like in I just you know, and so a lot of the times, like I struggled, especially when I was younger and in high school and stuff with like, with feeling the pressure of wanting to, of, of the pressure to do something simply because everyone else was doing it. When in reality, I didn't even take the time to sit with it and think, well, do I feel like I would, I'm, I'm doing it because I just want to want it because I because other people were doing it and I felt the pressure to do it or am I doing it because I really want to do it and would I have been happier if I had just listened and honored myself Mm -hmm. listened to and honored myself and been okay with just not doing it
0: there Um, are so many things that I did because the opportunity presented itself and I felt like I needed to it was like okay this feels this is what's supposed to be next that I right. wish I would have waited for and done with like really? a conscious mind of what I was engaging in.
1: Not even just sexually, I mean, so like, many realms. I was going to say, even to be honest, like for, I was just, this is so weird that like we, that we are tackling this question because I was just thinking about college for me mm-hmm. the other day. Um, and I think like, the, the note that I kind of took around this was like reframing will literally become your best friend. Yeah,
0: oh my God.
1: So I, th- I think, I think reframing and looking at it as like, like I'm super comfortable doing what I'm doing. And like, that's all that really matters. Yeah. I think like those two things, despite what everyone else is doing, despite what society is telling you to do and those two things are huge. and like reframing specifically, because it's like how exciting that you're getting to experience these things when you're ready to truly take advantage of every opportunity. Yeah. And how
0: exciting that you are at the age that you're at where you can sit and think about these things and curate it to be exactly how you want it to be and, and make it the safest situation that it can possibly be for yourself.
1: And like experiencing things like later, just means that you have that many more other experiences and other lessons and intuition and self-assurance that you've spent more time with yourself to better dive into these experiences and opportunities that you really want. And so like the reason I brought up college for me was like the other day I was thinking like I would, and I know that obviously there are opportunities too, but I think like with my undergrad, like I would love to... Be in undergrad right now. Oh my god! Like, I was. Th- I, I would, think would do that so many things differently, and I would take advantage of so many other, th- so many things that I just didn't when I was there. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that like every single person feels that way, and that that should make you feel okay with where you're at, because of course that's not the case. But I think reframing it as like how exciting that you now get to approach something with just that much more life experience. Like that's all that it is.
0: And Um, nobody's ever happy with their quote unquote timeline.
1: Nobody is. No, like everyone, no one knows. And also like no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Like everyone is just trying to figure it out. Everyone is just like waking up and living their silly little lives. Like no one knows what they're doing.
0: It's like nobody has any fucking clue. And so your guess is as good as anybody. So what you're doing might be the better. Like it doesn't fucking matter. And it's different for every person.
1: And the fact that no one knows what they're doing is actually proof that there really is no timeline. And I know that this feels like very paradoxical, but like, I just had that realization because it's like, no one knows what they're doing. So they wake up and they just do like what they think is right. It's like what they think is right might just be like this, this very singular, but majority plan that like society has laid out for people Mm -hmm. to help them. But it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do.
0: There's a comedian that I follow on TikTok and one of her biggest, I like her a lot, but one of her biggest bits is that um, my dog's barking and I'm not going to be able to cut it out because I'm talking. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Um, One of her biggest bits is that she's like, fuck up when you're young because I'm 27 and I'm running out of time. Like when you fuck up when you're young, it doesn't matter. And I was like, I feel like that's a kind of toxic mindset because then what if you're watching that and you're 28 and you're like, Oh my God, I can't fuck up anymore because I'm this old. Like, she's like, I'm running out of time. People expect things from me. You fuck up in your twenties. So that way you can be a mature adult in your thirties. And I was like, you can fuck up at any time. It's okay. And you will continue to fuck up always.
1: The only thing that changes as you get older, again, if you choose is you just start taking on more responsibilities Yeah, But for some people, that's the opposite. Some people had, you know, more responsibilities in their childhood than they do when they get older. So it's like, that's not even true.
0: Yeah. So really there's no formula. So whatever you're doing is perfect for you. Exactly. It's literally perfect. So it's like, um, and also like, I don't know if this is helpful, but like,
1: I always find comfort in the fact that like Oprah Winfrey was fired from her first anchor job when she was 30. And, like, or like, 31. She's Oprah. Yeah, she's fucking yeah. Oprah now.
0: And, like... I do that, too. Lucille yeah. Ball, I Love Lucy start. I Love Lucy did not start until she was 40. Yeah. Damn. Like, and that is her legacy. Yeah. But she was, like, working for a career up until that. She was married for 10 years up until that. Like, she didn't have her first kid until she was 39, which she had wanted to have kids for a really long time, and her career didn't really take off until she was 40. There's yeah. There was no timeline. And... Guess what?
1: Which I didn't actually know, but she met her best friend. She met Gail King at that job. Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know that get that meme that we use where she's like, she's the sister that everyone deserves. That's who she's talking talking about. about. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know she was talking about. And so it's
1: like, if Oprah had never been there at that time in her life, maybe if she had never gotten fired, like you don't know she would have never met her best friend so it's like exactly instead of worrying if you're behind just focus on what's in front of you and just squeeze everything out of each little thing even if it's not where you want to be
0: that's so beautiful and it's truly it's like your life is playing out the way that it's meant to and letting go that you cannot control that and having a little bit of trust in that is really comforting and like I'm definitely not saying thank you for the pandemic because so many fucking people have died, but if we'd never had a pandemic, I would have never joined Stan Twitter and I would have never met Emily, yeah, it's true, and we wouldn't and I wouldn't be moving t- to New York with you and i we wouldn't be here right now, you know. like um like when you're <clears throat> lamenting over wishing things were different, try to think about what you w- what you are so grateful is the same, yeah,
1: no, yeah, seriously and likely to go off of that the mindset that you're behind is what is holding you back so like the sooner that you let go of the idea that you're behind on this like elusive journey that doesn't fucking exist the sooner opportunities that will serve you and set your soul on fire will take up that space all of that empty worrying is currently occupying Mm -hmm. and i i truly believe like you release something that's taking up negative space in your life, and and it frees all the opportunities that you that that had been blocking. And just to go off of what you that's said so too, true. like there's there's an Italian um, proverb. Somebody you say that? Yeah. Um, proverb, <laughs> proverb, proverb. <laughs> um, and I'm not even going to attempt to say it in Italian because I don't know how to speak Italian. Oh, come on, it's really hard. My sister couldn't even <laughs> say know. it.
0: We're the, we're the, didn't you know we're the presidents of it? Yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> I know. Even fucking Jillian's, Not Jillian you. could have Not said this you. better than me, I think. Probably. Um, But it basically translates to, if it's roses, they will bloom. Which is like, you know, mm. yeah. if something is bound to happen, it will. And so there's no use in worrying. You know, ask yourself what you want like today and tomorrow and like maybe next month. But what's important about whatever time period you're setting is like, what do you wanna explore? And what do you wanna achieve through however you answer the first question? And then making goals and making boundaries around those desires, your desires and your comforts. Mm -hmm. And like, if that changes, great, that's amazing. If it changes in the next hour, amazing. If it changes in the next 10 years, that's also fantastic. Um, yeah. I think it's I think her last name's her uh, Rachel Cargill or Cargel, I'm not sure which one, but she basically wrote that it's only fair to reinvent yourself over and over again in this life as many times as you choose. Finding your authenticity in any particular point in your life and claiming her with pride until the new wave of you comes. We're, all, we're born one person and then you just reinvent yourself over time. And that doesn't yeah. have a limit on it. <laughs>
0: And how fucking exciting. How
1: exciting. And then just one, I just want to say one more quote because I think it'll yeah. be helpful. But um, Alex L. said, release the urge to keep up. Instead, try radically trusting the path you're on. The good thing's in store for you and your life will not pass you by. So it's like it just speaks to mm-hmm. just because it could have been different doesn't mean it would have been better.
0: That's my favorite Yeah, saying.
1: And just trusting the path that you're on. And ultimately, trusting yourself—like have that trust in yourself. No one knows what's better for you than you, and you just have to trust yourself. And that comes with being kinder to yourself.
0: That's everything I needed to hear. So thank you for asking this question. Yeah, seriously,
1: wow. because this is Damn. something that this is something <laughs> that, like, I think a lot of people struggle with, but especially people, um, you know, when you're younger and you feel like, you know, like Jillian likes to yeah. say, "Youth is wasted on the young." It's so true. It's one of my favorite quotes from her. I know, because she did say that she's the original. <laughs> she's the old, the first person to say that she's the original,
0: the first person yeah, ever. ever, yeah, ever. Youth is Jillian wasted
1: Leanne. on youth is wasted on the young, Jillian Anderson.
0: That's actually her middle name hyphened.
1: <laughs> Jillian, youth is wasted on the young Anderson. <laughs> yeah. All in all, basically, <laughs> you just have to do your own thing, and you. We've said this a million times and we'll never stop saying it, but the only person you will ever have to come home to every single day and face is yourself. So make her happy.
0: Hell yeah. Do what you
1: can in the capacity that you can.
0: See, these are things that could be a merch. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of merch, uh, we got a curious cat asking if um, anybody would be interested. Or not if anybody, that's not what they're asking. We got a curious guy asking if um, we were thinking about making merch. And I would love to make some merch. That could be fun. But, like, would anybody – would you all be interested in that? We'll put out a
1: poll. We might do
0: a poll. Be you
1: know? honest, though.
0: Yeah, if you say no, like truly think, like, if you would buy something. Because if you're not going to, we won't.
1: Maybe make we'll make – maybe if we make some and, like, it's super rad – We'll make it like a reasonable price so that we obviously get paid for our labor, but that also then the rest we can donate to Women for Women.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll post a poll. poll. We'll we'll put out some feelers. Should we do the episode? Let's get into the episode. Let's fucking get into it. All right, season two, episode—I don't even know what number—called Firewalker. So we open on two duty dudes. <laughs> Walking quickly through the California Institute of Technology Volcano Observatory. Um, it takes this part takes place in Pasadena, which is so close to where I used to live. and I'm only excited about that because usually the show's on the East Coast Pasadena. that's where that's Mildred Pierce, remember? Yeah. So they've lost audio visual connection with a research um, project called Firewalker, which is a robot um, that's in a volcano, but they received an emergency transmission from the research team. So, they get contact with the robot thingy, Firewalker, that's inside the volcano. They look around and they see a body at the bottom, and Eric, his name is Erickson, that's who, he's dead. Um, and then they see the shadows moving, which normally wouldn't be a big deal, except for nothing can live in that kind of heat at the bottom of a, of a volcano. And then the camera shakes and they lose signal.
1: I just want to let you know that, like, I fully took notes and in like the second last scene i was like i have no idea what's going on so so what you what you explain the names everything this is going to be i'm going to be a member of the audience just live commenting cuz i truly have no idea what happened
0: this is why this episode took me so long. Is because there are so many names, yeah. and the plot is actually really intricate. And like, I had never really paid attention. Like, I kind of understood what was happening. I was but- so
1: disturbed by this episode. Like, this episode. I don't know if there's like a fear of fungus that exists.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's po- It's something coming through from the inside of your body. Like that's free. Right, but it's also and the pulsing. Like it's but not. But it's also
1: like whenever potatoes grow those spores on them, I throw them away because I oh. hate them so much. That's okay. And I don't know if like someone knows of like an intense fear of spores that Mm -hmm. exists, but like I have it.
0: Let us know. Yeah,
1: please let us know. Anyways.
0: So cut to both our babies in their office. I'm mad because I know this is still too soon for Jillian to be back, but wow, am I happy to have the gang back together. Seriously, The gang's all here. Like
1: also motherhood looks so good on Jillian Anderson.
0: Wow, I know she's she is angelic in this episode, and I give you some moments where I'm like, I'll let Emily talk about this. I, I want to see how um,
1: accurate they are to when I actually needed a moment. I, they're probably spot okay. on, but like,
0: okay, wow. um, so they're in their office, they're with a scientist guy, his name is Pierce, but I'm gonna call him Einstein because he looks like a young Einstein. Yeah, he does. Um, that's that right, and I didn't that. catch his name until. <laughs> And I didn't catch his name until halfway through the episode, so that's what I was calling him. Um, and they're watching a news report of, of um, a group of scientists standing next to the firewalker. It's the robot that was set to make a descent into an active volcano. Don't know why you would ever go into an active volcano, but.
1: They're, vulcan- they're volcanologists, Stevie.
0: Oh, volcanologists. I wrote that, that, that down.
1: I wrote that down because I thought it was a fun word.
0: <laughs> that is a fun word. Um, so. <laughs> this news anchor is talking to one of the scientists who i'm assuming is like the head of the project he's the volcanologist is, um, oh he's the volcanologist yeah. <laughs> okay dan his name is daniel trepkos the volcanologist this that's gonna be the title of this episode <laughs> the volcanologist say it three times fast he trepkos um,
1: was also in the handmaid's tale was he yeah he plays like the wow. he plays like a defector kind of
0: Ooh well in this episode he is very egotistical and self-dramatizing um and so (laughs) einstein is talking to Mulder and um scully and he says that daniel chepkos is low-key tapped he's like he's like yeah he went crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so he shows our um agents the footage we saw in the beginning and Mulder and scully are like oh my god and they go to the screen and they're like how is something moving and apparently this um I kept saying scientist guy because I didn't even come up with Einstein yet. <laughs> <laughs> Einstein um, was up there with the team, but he really got into it with Trepkos because he was losing his shins so they left. Um, and of course they don't want to publicly out this because there's so much money involved in the project. Um, and then Scully's like, yeah, dude, how soon can we get up there? Um, and then Mulder's like, I don't think you should go. And then this is when I wrote, wow, she looks angelic here. Emily, do you want to talk about it?
1: Okay. I have a couple she of things. She looks so beautiful. Here. She looks so beautiful and like I was having a very I was having a very visceral reaction to her in this episode. There was just like something I really get into it the next episode. And I have this whole like thing that I go on about her hair, but like and I don't want to say it now cuz it's so perfect and I'm really just savoring it for the next episode cuz like I just I don't want to ruin it. Um one, I have a headcanon. Mm. So my headcanon is like, they, just them being in the office, like, sparked this in me. Because I was like, this is right after one breath, right? It was maybe even this line that, that, that made me think of this. Like, him being like, I don't think you should go. I was like, what happened between one breath and now? I know. I And know. so.
0: I want to know. I have a
1: headcanon that, like, obviously, Scully, like, spent some time with her sister and her mom. I'm sure she, like, stayed with them for a bit or, like, you know, for a couple of nights.
0: I want to know how much time has passed. I know. I know.
1: Um, But then I had this headcanon that, like, Mulder just, like, showed up at her apartment, like, the first night she was back or something, like, with some really shitty takeout. And, like, they just kind of ate, like, mostly in silence. But then, like, they went back and forth, like, a little bit. But, like, really, he was just, like, watching her like breathe and watching her eat and like watching how her eyes moved like because she was watching the TV and like she just let him and she knew he was doing it but she just let him. It's really dramatic but like
0: no, that's beautiful because like he would be comforted by the fact that she's there and he can see her and he can see that she's with him and she would be comfortable with the fact that she's not alone. So I feel like (laughs) I should make a law that you can't have headcanons anymore (laughs) until you're writing.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. That's all I can manage right now.
0: No, I'm joking. How, I know, really I know can you're joking. you can.
1: Um, But like the overall thing is like Scully looks so beautiful. Jillian looks so beautiful and she just looks soft. Like it's yeah. like this, she looks like she just woke up, but she looks perfect. Yeah. Like, cause her hair, I can't even explain it. It's like her no, hair. It's almost, it's like, glossy. yeah, like her hair looks so soft, but then like all yeah. of her, like I just feel like warm thinking about this scully. This
0: shot specifically we'll post a, we have to post a camera. Absolutely. Like this one. But it's truly, it's almost like the camera's slightly out of focus. Like it's like all yeah. soft. Yes. yes. It's stunning. <sighs> so it, you thank good? you for that. Yeah. I'm You're great. Welcome. <laughs> always so Mulder's like I don't think you should go and she was like I appreciate your concern but I'm ready I want to work and them echoing this phrase throughout the series just doesn't sit well with me because it plays into that trope of sh- the strong woman persevering through insinuating circumstances when the circumstances shouldn't even be, be in- sh- oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it's okay keep going come on I want to hear what you have to say
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> because it plays into that trope of the strong woman persevering through insinuating circumstances when the circumstances shouldn't have even happened in the first place totally well and it's just, and it's also this is the beginning of
1: absolutely that. and um it's also it shows how um the continuity of something that shouldn't have any continuity which is like molder not respecting <sighs> the fact that that's how she copes. She knows
0: what's best for her. her. Um, He's not her dad. Yeah,
1: And so then Scully is, because Scully says, I've already lost too much time. And like, what a fantastic line. Yeah. Um, one, hopefully that put him in his place, which obviously we know it didn't, but like it should have. Um, but like she works, She or she copes by working. And like, I think that she should be allowed that and yeah. especially after a trauma just like support her in whatever she needs don't try to convince her you know better she's literally because you don't she's following you around as you process the trauma of your sister's abduction and doing nothing but supporting you in that quest just like toss
0: a girl some support when she needs it like literally and like i get being concerned if you're worried that somebody's coping unhealthily but he hasn't even given her the chance to do that absolutely nothing's happened Absolutely. you can't keep her in a bubble and it's
1: also pretty rich coming from like i i also understand like if he thinks that she won't be in the right headspace to approach their job but it's like sir from him? yeah on. like you literally let you literally let pussy make you almost <laughs> kill yourself and the lives of people around you yeah. all right
0: all Calm the time down. all
1: That's, the time like, which
0: episode are you even talking about fire i was multiple. talking about
1: fire but yeah that really could be any episode
0: <laughs> it could be three it could be <laughs> so they go to the cascade mountain range which is just a pretty name um and i was just listening to the chris hardwick pod we we both mm-hmm. did we were we listened to the chris hardwick podcast oh, that yeah. John did in 2015 <sighs> we'll link it and they were talking about how good Mulder looked in these jeans when he got off the helicopter and who boy do I agree do you agree um, I, I listen, do you want to talk about I listened
1: mm-hmm. to it before I watched the or I, I watched the episode before I listened to that so
0: oh, do you agree yeah I agree very nice. I think we should post a picture absolutely. he's stacked we oh okay
1: we, we absolutely <laughs>
0: will and his ass looks great I'm not an ass girl but also for like him. for him I was gonna say that's that's a compliment I know he, like, these are just a good fit of jeans. this whole outfit, and then I. And then, do you want to talk about Miss Scully's yes, outfit, Miss Emily? Yes, please. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, see,
1: I know, I know, I know when you're <laughs> going to want to
0: talk about
1: it. Her hopping out of the elevator. The elevator. Her hopping out of the. I was just going to say escalator. Okay, her hopping out of the helicopter. There you go. Oh my gosh. Okay. As much as I love Scully, and that was not on purpose. As much as I love Scully in heels and a suit, like, wow, do I love Scully in heels and a suit. There's something so special to me about her in boots and an oversized coat. (laughs) So cute. And also like, maybe is that because this is how I look like five out of seven days of the week, like maybe, but also like, she's just so beautiful like she truly is like like my beloved that's it and I also very presently feel very seen by her hair situation and that's all I'm gonna say about it
0: (laughs) um there's also something incredibly um like comforting about seeing her working in appropriate clothes to work
1: totally totally you know,
0: yeah like i'm like oh yeah this is what she would wear if she was going to the mountains to do this thing this is what she would look even like, like, like that, the
1: layering i made a note of
0: it later la- I know. but i
1: love I the thought... white t-shirt underneath her like huge oversized sweater i
0: know so einstein goes to take a quick damage survey of the forest like i don't fucking know what he's going he doesn't go to the building he's
1: like just kind of walking around walking around the forest <laughs>
0: He's like, I want to do a damage survey. Yeah. Scully's like, shouldn't we like find the rest of the descent team? And he's like, I'll catch up with you later. Her voice seems lower and she already seems like she's more in her power, which Absolutely. is kind of wild. Like Motherhood immediately just like roots her. Totally. I guess Scully's like, oh my god. Jillian is an actor. Like it just roots her. It's you can tell. St- stunning. It's so
1: beautiful. I also in this shot
0: mother it is so beautiful
1: this shot i was actually like i was actually floored for a second i was like my baby is fucking back i was like she's back she's better than ever okay like should jillian have been on set absolutely the fuck not but, but she, is, she so- is here we are so- <laughs> <laughs> i yeah will i marvel over her freckles yes i will um you should and I love all of them but like especially the one that's like on her forehead and then she has one on her cheek and those are those two are my favorites
0: (laughs) you're so cute I just want somebody to love me the way that you love her that's my
1: favorite thing that you say wait until the next episode oh wow I really
0: (laughs) but if like if a man I was dating ever said to me like this freckle on your face is my oh my god what do I even do with myself (laughs) That's beautiful. So pure. Okay. So That's why I told you I love your belly freckles. I think about that on a daily basis. I'm Good. like. Like I have never even noticed that I had them. Like I wasn't even conscious of that. And you made me feel so and now it's one of my They're favorite so things pretty. about myself. I love you so much. No. I want to squeeze, squeeze you. Okay.
1: <laughs> Top two squeezes I would like to have. Stevie
0: and Joanne. <laughs> all i want okay so Mulder and scully go into the building the science place the lab i don't really know into the place me where the people are and it's trash like there's shit everywhere <laughs> um <laughs> and while molder is looking around the place um He's, like, nearly where they analyze samples from the volcano. Um, he gets attacked by a man named Jason Ludwig, who's the robotics engineer for the descent team. And Mulder's, like, pissed. And mm. it's hot. Okay, um, mm-hmm. I'm, like, oh, my God, throw me against this desk like
1: that. Very, very fair.
0: Uh, and then Scully comes running in, and she's, like, what's going on? And it's just all, I love it. I'm here for all of yep. it. So Ludwig apparently thought Mulder was Trepkos and he, and then he talks about, yeah, thought Mulder was Trepkos. He clearly didn't. He had been watching him for some time. Um, and he talks about Trepkos a bit and like the consensus is basically that he's brilliant, but he's wild. Um, Ludwig turns on the light and the rest of the team comes out. I don't know what they were all doing. I have (laughs) no idea. Why is the place trashed when they're all like kind of functioning? Like, yeah. they're upset, but, like, they're function- I have a lot of questions. So then we meet Peter Tonica, the systems analyst, who seems vaguely ill, but, like, nobody's really talking about it. Um, and then we meet Jesse O'Neill, who, one, reminds me of Natalie Portman. Did you ever see the movie The Professional? Oh, my God. You're so right. From when she was wow. little. Wow. So that I could show you. Because it was just Yeah, so-
1: that's so accurate. Yeah. Yes. literally her. Wow. That's... I know. It's freaky.
0: And this girl just like makes me so sad. Like she seems so bro- she seems so broken mm-hmm. and like I have a lot of empathy for her. So do I. Life. Um and she's a great actress. She does a great job. Fantastic so- job. Jesse says that Trepkos has, um, had bipolar, has a bipolar disorder, and he stopped taking his medication. And then during this conversation, Ludwig implies that Jess and Trepkos were having an affair. And Trepkos was Jesse's thesis advisor at the university, and he asked her to assist him on the project. A lot happening within that dynamic. That <laughs> Wait, Jesse and Ludwig were having an affair? No, oh, Jesse and Trepkos. Okay. The burnt guy. Like,
1: what is the, the other guy? Sorry. Guy. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I, yes. Okay, I follow.
0: Um, and then when he started to, when Trevko started to lose his shit, he destroyed all of his own work. And so Mulder's going through what notes are left and he sees a new life form underlined. So, like, that gets his dick hard. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Mulder and Scully go into another room to talk about the team, and Mulder's like, they're acting wild. And Scully's like, yeah, but like it makes sense. Yeah. And Mulder's like, no, but there's something more that they're not saying. Um, how he knows that? Couldn't tell you. We went right back to the old tropes. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> no growth. <laughs> so they decided to talk to, I- they, yep, they decided they should talk to Einstein. Um, this is where I realized his name was Pierce. Uh-huh. So cut to Einstein in the forest. He's taking notes of some damages i don't fucking know he's just walking around through the trees and he gets murdered by trepkos who looks very ashy <laughs> and says, no one can leave all dramatically in his ear before he kills him <laughs>
1: so,
0: stop me anytime
1: that's what that's what pierce gets for taking notes about some broken twigs
0: i know i'm like what are you doing out there go get the people he's that are like
1: su- oh what? my god this third twig is broken
0: gotta write it down that's
1: suspect
0: look out <laughs> So once it gets dark, everybody goes to look for Einstein and then Tonica, the low-key sick one, finds him and we bring the body back to home base. And then Scully goes, I'll get the helicopter. But Mulder's like, no, I've been going over Trepkos' work and like, the, I think he found like a silicone based life form from the volcano. And they go back and forth with a lot of science jargon for a minute and she calls it science fiction and that's my favorite shit ever. Me too. Um, and then Mulder's like, we have to look for the evidence. And she's like, bro every one of these people has post-traumatic stress disorder and we need to get them out of here. And, like, yes, she's fucking right, but we have returned immediately to the device that proves everything Scully is sure about wrong. Yep. <laughs> Cute. So Scully goes in to talk to Jesse, who's crying when she walks in, and she's so sweet to her.
1: So gentle and so caring gentle. and loving. Like, insert the power of women, Nicole Kidman j- gif. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We should post a picture of them talking, and then the oh, right. all get so, in.
1: that will happen. Yeah.
0: Um, and she asked her, "What's wrong?" And she says that she can trust her, and like.
1: Also, they really said to Jillian, "Like we will overline your lips."
0: They said, <laughs> "Lips." They <laughs> said,
1: <laughs> "They said she will be giving you lip."
0: Yeah, literally, they really went for it. I, I mean, love it. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah so jesse talks about how withdrawn and paranoid trepkos became and how he locked himself in his lab for three days and wouldn't talk to anybody and he stopped taking his medication because he said it was polluting his brain and that in turn she was polluting his body which just makes me so sad because like she was brought out here by him who's much older and every way authoritative to her and he like turns on her and makes me feel like she can't take up space and like well it's like
1: one scully is very familiar with that power dynamic yeah. And two, she, Jessie is like, Jessie? Is that her name? Yeah. She's like, he told me that it was going to be an adventure. And so Scully is also like, wow, yeah, I get it. Relatable. Yeah.
0: I truly think that Jessie exists as a parallel to Scully before the abduction. And I think in her interacting with Jessie, she's able to see how she's grown after the abduction totally. and like what patterns existed before. And there's some cool... areas to reflect i think that's happening Like some parallel stuff happening totally and
1: i think too i mean i would like to think hopefully that scully saw jesse and was like wow i was i've always been brave because i don't even think scully was ever as paranoid or as scared as jesse was like she definitely um took what was always coming at her and just dealt with it when it was in front of her Mm -hmm. but i think you're right like she absolutely i hope was presented as a parallel to just show how much scully not even how much she's grown but just how um strong-willed she is and not to say that you know jesse isn't
0: but yeah but
1: like you know she she was a she you know she was traumatized she's been through a lot of shit
0: yeah and
1: so you know where scully is is even more you know remarkable
0: exactly um, And I think Jesse kind of seems like a betrayed little kid in this scene, which yeah. gives Scully the opportunity to to almost comfort her younger self in a way. Definitely,
1: yeah, that's a good um, point. And
0: then Jesse says that she just wants to go home, and like that sentiment already does, but definitely will later resonate with Scully. And that feeling of just wanting to go home and just wanting to, just wanting to return to safety is Scully's fucking story, yeah. and it's just sad. Mm-hmm. it's sad seeing her face with that when that's what more of that is to come yeah. like like she's comforting her younger self but she's also facing like these are things that she's still gonna have to deal with yeah
1: that's the thing like to a certain extent it is um comforting because we know obviously that what happens to jesse thankfully doesn't happen to scully even mm-hmm. though they are in very similar situations where comedic or not male figures were like oh no it'll be it'll be an adventure." It'll change your life. It'll be a
0: nice trip to the forest, you know. Yeah. Well, they're like they're both women who are sacrificing parts of them of themselves and their lives to support very impassioned, egotistical men on their journeys. Like, and Mulder identifies with Trepkos intensely. Like, oh they both. My. There's definitely something there. I should have like looked up a review or something. I didn't have time because okay. I'm sure. That's been articulated better than I know.
1: No, but. but it's like but I mean the same thing happened in ICE too, right? Like this that those two characters were presented as opposites, polar opposites of Mulder yeah. and Scully. But I think true. um so 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 to finish my point, that Sorry. no no, it's okay. That, but also um it's it's sinister because of course, I hate that word, but also like it's it's um it's Sad because, of course, this is you know what Scully ultimately is faced with. Eventually, that like feeling of just wanting a return to normalcy and a return to safety. Yeah, and also just to like, like security, Mm -hmm. just like knowing, just certainty, finding comfort and certainty,
0: Mm -hmm. consistency, all of that. Exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely some interesting writing going on with the parallels between that. I thought the actress who played Jesse was great. So that was cool to see. So Mulder's listening to what tapes of Trepkos' are left. And he sounds, and and the way that Trepkos sounds when he talks sounds a lot like Mulder. Mm -hmm. So there's no surprise that he's identifying with him and on this like impassioned journey and like losing himself in the work and not caring who is going to be collateral damage in his whatever. So, all of a sudden, there's this rumbling, and Tonica, who just keeps looking worse and worse, but nobody's talking about it, says, There's been, he's so sweaty. Like, he's drenched. Drenched, yeah. He's sitting at the computer, drenched, and everyone's like, That's fine. It's His cold like in here. But that's like fine. sweat is dripping onto the
1: keyboard. Like, the computer's like malfunctioning, and everyone's like, Yeah, no, he's good. Right?
0: <laughs> he's good. He just runs, he, he runs. Yeah, he's warm. good. Yeah. It's fine. Um,. So he says that there's been a lot of seismic activity. I forgot that they were by an active volcano, so that's stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Mulder asks Tanaka if he's okay and says that Agent Scully is a medical doctor. Like, let, let her take a look at you. And then he gets. Yeah,
1: damn straight she is. Hell yeah.
0: And then he gets real mad and violent, and, but then he collapses. So Scully comes running into the rescue. So, Scully comes in and she says that she can't tell whether it's an infection or a toxic reaction, but whichever it is, he needs to go to a hospital. So, Mulder, of course, is like, what about Trepko's? Like, I'm in love with him. <laughs> I haven't met him, but I listened to his tapes. <laughs> I really feel like he was speaking directly to me. Literally. Um- and Scully, like, doesn't even answer his question. It just continues with what she's doing. She's like, no, bitch. So she calls a medevac. And as they're carrying him to the landing pad, his throat starts to pulse. Like, it's going to pop. And, like, oh, gross. Okay,
1: I genuinely, maybe Leonard <clears throat> Betts, I cannot think of a more disgusting X-Files episode than this one.
0: Interesting. This one doesn't bother me too bad, but I respect that it, it's definitely gross. The the chewing of toothpaste really that does it worse for me. <laughs> really, oh that's so oh God, interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, it's really the fucking spores violently shooting out of people's chests <laughs> slash throats that 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 I mean, get me.
0: You, that definitely makes sense. Mine is a little irrational. <laughs> no, yours is valid. <laughs> so- <laughs> Thank you. So then right when they're getting close to the helicopter, Tonica fucking dips. He rolls off the stretcher and he makes a run for it into the woods. And Mulder realizes somehow that this thing might be contagious so he doesn't go towards him as he's like convulsing. Okay, but also like if you saw a man literally like looking <laughs> like a demon was trying to break
1: free yeah, from I his would. body, would you go anywhere near him either? No, but the other guy was definitely trying to go help. Well, yeah, I mean because he, you know, they were they had been together for whatever a year, or whatever. Yeah, you're not thinking but rationally. And-,
0: mm-hmm. and they knew what was happening because they'd seen it happen to somebody else. So I don't oh, know yeah, why that's he would. Really anyway, weird. That might be a continuity thing, like and just a bad acting choice on the other guy's part. But, yeah, but like, holy shit, um, if I saw him acting the way that that actor.
1: I'd be like right. I'd be and like, they- maybe we should just let him do his thing. So they just like
0: sh- sh- they just like spotlight him while he dies and the thing pops through his <laughs> his throat and they're like, good. Um I spotlight him. <laughs> That's so funny. They say, find your light. <laughs> Feel it on your face. Um so then they take his body back and Scully analyzes it and says it's a kind of fungus of an unknown genius. A spore essentially grew inside of Tanaka, Tanaka. I guess I say his name differently every time I say it. Tanaka, until it like outgrew his host. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll go quick over this. Um, but by then it's already caused a bunch of massive tissue damage inside the body and especially in the respiratory tract, which explains the sand that they found in his lungs. Okay. I don't i the body's not even cut open i don't know how they found sand yeah. in his lungs but they haven't they have done the autopsy okay whatever um Mulder says that that's evidence of a silicone based organism someone tell me how because i don't fucking know lugwig is like there's no such thing and scully says maybe there is now and Mulder looks like he's about to propose <laughs> he's gonna get on one knee for some reason could be it could be anything he's about to get on his uh, knees anyways um
1: wouldn't be the first time those, wouldn't be the first time they no. um in a contagion yeah. situation
0: they fucked in ice okay. so scully <laughs> is, what we're is like is what we're saying in case you were in case you were with us um scully is like this fungi could have caused his could have caused trepcosis dementia and then they realized that any one of them could have inhaled a spore so nobody's safe and then jesse's like so we aren't going home, right? And like, I don't know, the look on her face when she says that, she's like on the verge of tears and she's like, I cannot take being here. Like I that she's feeling really is so actor. visceral. Yeah. She did such a great job. She really
1: did a good job.
0: Like I felt that she I was like, Oh my god, she cannot be there another like someone Second? just come get her. Yeah. yeah. And so Mulder calls search and rescue to notify headquarters about a quarantine and evacuation plan, whatever. Okay, so then Mulder's like, I'm going to go find Trek Coast. And, like, Scully's face has a ble- a brief flash of her being like, oh, my God, please don't leave. Like, please. Like, like, his presence was a comfort for her, and she didn't reveal it until just in that flash of a moment, and then she, like, bucks up again.
1: I was just <laughs> going to say, like, every time I think about, like, I think about Jillian's nose, I'm just like, hmm, yeah. And, then, like, I see <laughs> it, and, like, I lose my fucking marbles.
0: She means that I've I've witnessed it firsthand. Yeah, I thought about you when she turned to the yeah. side. I was like, "Oh, f- there's a profile." Yeah, I
1: you could okay. did you hear uh, me drop to the floor all the way from California? I did, because I did. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was me. <laughs> um,
0: so then Mulder again is caught up in the I need information, even though the information won't matter if he's dead. And she's like, well, let me come. And he's like, <laughs> uh-oh. Careful. Careful. <laughs> Careful. That wasn't even on purpose. Careful. I don't even think that's what she says. That's just what I wrote.
1: That's oh. definitely not what she says. I would have remember that one.
0: No, she says, well, I'm going with you or something like that. Um, and he's like no and she's like look I know what you're thinking but you have to get past that we both do and she goes I'm back and I'm not going anywhere and like that's so hot go her like you
1: fucking go oh my god that was so hot the way she her voice when she I'm about know, to break my she's glasses <laughs>
0: don't break your glasses don't clutch them like that you're gonna break them but she's already, like, way more in her power, like, in, in her performance. It's so incredible. Yeah. That's it. I don't have anything else to add. I just yeah, wrote, I just wrote, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but she ends up staying to finish the autopsy. Yeah, because
1: Mulder's is like, no, I do the stupid, dangerous stuff. You do the important, smart medical stuff, babe. That's what makes us such a good team.
0: And she's like, which like really
1: translates to, I do all the action stuff and you stay back and do the office work, which also means like Mulder gets to be on camera initiating the urgency that drives the plot and suspense.
0: So um, Mulder leans in really close and whispers that he's counting on her while he like rubs her shoulder. And I'm like, okay, guys, (laughs) give it up. Okay. We know. Stop it. (laughs) So Mulder goes down to talk to Ludwig and Jesse, who were clearly just cahooting about Seriously. something together. <laughs> they were, like, cahooting in the corner. Um, and Ludwig tells Mulder um, where the pictures the Firewalker took her from and says that he has to guide him to the caves, or otherwise he'll never find it on his own. So they go down to the caves, and then Ludwig gets shot by a flare gun. It's like a fire beam that comes and hits his back what a dramatic way to go honestly seriously oh my gosh so th- then trepkos comes out of the gloom and he's like covered in ash he looks like a pirate like <laughs> um he po- and he points to Mulder <laughs> with the gun um and then it fades out because that's where it's so dramatic um so then he takes Mulder's gun and starts pouring gasoline all around ludwig's body and lights it on fire so that it kills the spores i'm assuming so so
1: nonchalantly Um, he's like no emotion
0: no he's like yeah i'll burn my friend (laughs) he's like pretty fire yeah i (laughs) will watch
1: my friend burn
0: no emotions so cut to scully working away in the lab she's trying to culture the spore whatever the hell that means she's doing lots of smarkle shit so, none of it is killing the fungus, but she has learned that unless the spores are injected or inhaled right away when they're released, they're not toxic. Um, she knocks on the bathroom door to tell Jesse that it's pretty likely that none of them were infected, but we see Jesse, and she is clearly infected. <laughs> She's, her, her neck is pulsing in the mirror. I also would just,
1: is- I also would just like to say, um, when Scully was looking into the microscope, um, yes uh <laughs> and like uh, and back to you, Steve. Back to you, Stevie. I'm serious. That's it. Yes. <laughs> also her lips, like the way that her lips look in like harsh lighting, they look so plump and just like beautiful and mm. like soft. Like some people might describe them as kissable, like
0: Some people people. cut back to Mulder asking Trepkos what went wrong, and they talk very metaphorically and annoyingly, but, like, the basis is that Trepkos is having a crisis, and everyone's infected, Um, because Erickson, that first body that we saw in the volcano, died in front of all of them, and Trepkos is actually the only one that's not infected, because he was locked in the lab when that happened. So Mulder wants to go get Scully, but Trepkos, like, doesn't want to let him, whatever, Cut back to Scully doing more smarkle shit. The lights go out. She grabs her big girl flashlight and investigates. And she finds Jesse very terrifyingly standing in the yeah. corner with her eyes wide open. Um, she looks very sick and very creepy. Again, great actress. Yep. Doing great work. Um, and then Jesse fucking handcuffs them together so she doesn't die alone. And like, what an asshole. I was rooting for her the whole time. We were rooting for you, Jesse. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> I have never had to yell at a girl like this. <laughs> Learn something from this. Please, we have to post a picture of her handcuffing with that meme. Okay. We're all rooting for you. <laughs> How's everybody feeling? Is everybody sc- I was scared. Who was scared? <laughs> Who was scared? Yeah, I was really scared. So Scully is running and pulling her and trying to find something to break the cups with. Meanwhile, Mulder is running his fine ass as quickly as he can to get to her.
1: Also, can we just talk about the fact that this woman literally gave birth... This woman, Jillian, literally gave birth and had major invasive surgery 10 days ago, and she's being slammed against a metal table and forced to do a a fight scene that was arguably on par with like the most intense ones that she'd done up until this point. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that could have, that very specific situation could have been avoided. It's like, you're just going to, there's an
0: interview where she talks about that. I can't, I I don't know know what it's from, but I've definitely heard her say, you're going to like, she was like,
1: ram her tummy. You're going to ram, you're going to make her ram herself tummy first into the edge of a metal table. But it's like, it's so horrible because women, non-binary people, like people in spaces that are dominated by men or white people or what you, there is a point where you're like, you're feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling like something is going wrong or is like going to be detrimental to your health, but you're like. I don't feel like it's my place to say anything because if I said, like, they would know like, they know better. Like, if if Mm -hmm. this was going to cause me harm, they wouldn't be making me do it. Like, they they know what they're doing. So fucked
0: up. What's frustrating is that if she had just had surgery and didn't have a child, something that's inherently two vagina owners... They probably would have been more sensitive to it. Like if she had to have like a surgery for like some other medical reason. Like she had like to get her appendix out or something. Yeah. But no, because it's a child and that's something that's like for vagina owners only. Not only are we going to make you do a
1: fight scene, but we're going to have you be rammed into a metal
0: table. Okay. So she's beating on the cuffs with an axe, but that's not doing anything. And then she picks Jesse up, but I'm pretty sure this is a stunt double that did that. That was absolutely you know. a stunt double. She just like hoisted her over her shoulders.
1: Um, Scully, and locks- Scully and me on our wedding day when.
0: <laughs> carry me. <laughs> um, so And she locks her in a room, which was really smart. That was smart thinking to like... It was so really that, that way the spores don't come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and... um Then her neck explodes, but the spores don't get on Scully. This whole thing goes on way too long. Like, it's, like, so drawn out, the thing growing out of her. Um, And then Mulder comes in just after this all happens, and Scully is collapsed on the floor, exhausted. He comes in, he runs to her, he he checks on her, and there's breathing and moaning and... um, Oh boy!
1: Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! He
0: like checks on her; she's okay. And he like goes to touch her face, but she's like, "No, don't!" But like, also, like, they're like breathing into each other's throats. Like,
1: <laughs> okay, there's a point where I don't know. Can we just record this clip and post? Yeah, we, it? Ha- we have to. Yeah, we have to because
0: I've rewound this so like I've this is an episode that I've come back to just for that moment.
1: Okay, can I that be I've honest?
0: So many times, I- yeah.
1: I've looked for this moment for a very long time, and I just like never. It's like, oh. it's like very much so one of those things where it's like Jersey Devil, there's so many moments where it's like those moments kind of take over the whole episode. Like you see the episode and you yes, see yes. those moments. Ice, same thing. Mm-hmm.
0: You like forget about the plot. Yeah, way.
1: like beyond the sea even maybe, maybe yeah, there's yeah. moments. But like this one is truly if you skip ahead you miss th- this moment. Like if you do like a 15 second skip, you miss this moment. And like mm-hmm and so the fact that, that i witnessed this
0: were you not expecting no
1: it? oh my god no oh. i was not expecting
0: this at oh all. i knew it. i knew where this moment was because the first time i watched this i was like for some reason like really paying attention the first time i watched the episode and i was like i'm remembering that and i watched it so i knew this was coming but
1: like i
0: think when i started the episode this is where it started <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's very telling i love that for you
0: um
1: yeah if anyone ever went on my netflix account and and played sex education from any, from in any episode, I would be I would need to go into hiding. Specifically episode seven. <laughs> anyway, um, so when she like handcuffs herself to hello? When she shuts the door, she doesn't handcuff herself to anyone. When she shuts yep. the door <laughs> and Jesse passes. <laughs> yes. And sc- Scully, Scully. Like she like leans up against it. And when she's sliding down the door, yeah, the noises she's making, like I get, I'm sure it's because Jillian was like, whoo! Holy shit, I'm exhausted. But like they came out as moans.
0: Oh yeah. And I just And then when when she sees Mulder, it's a simon totally
1: and she's like i'm okay i'm okay okay." i know
0: that was my next please my next one was like the way that she yells i'm okay the second she hears him because she knows he's gonna panic like uh, and then finally some decent acting from david so like way to go all around a plus scene a plus interaction
1: and then there's there is a moment right where like so she's like on the ground, right? And she's like lower yeah. than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, and then I'm not even speaking to the mic.
0: <laughs> Emily's got up and walked across the room. She
1: <laughs> so and um and so he's kind of just like in the frog position, like kind of like perched, like
0: yeah.
1: So he's squatting down. Yeah, squatting—that's the word. So he's like frog position. <laughs>
0: A squat, yeah, squat, you know, fillers in between your, comments. yeah, you <laughs> know,
1: your, you know, like when you get into like a frog pose. So he's like kind of above her, right, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where, like, she, like, where he's like grabbing her face, and he's kind of like figuring out like what to do, and she, like, looks. If if Stevie just cut that out, I just said something so explicit. But there's a moment where, like, Scully looks <laughs> down, and it looks so sexual it looks so sexual what this whole scene looks like it looks like her i'm sorry her noise is like really fucked
0: me up okay i know i i was listening to it and i was like oh emily (laughs) went through it when she watched this (laughs) it looks like
1: he handcuffed her to the bed to a bed there's no bed here to (laughs) to a bed frame and just like emerged from between her legs Okay. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Her hand is like literally up. Are you telling you're going to tell me I'm wrong? I'm not disagreeing. Out of context, why why is Mulder in a jean tuxedo after he just went down on her? I don't know.
0: <laughs> like that's what it looks Jeans like. Tuxedo. <laughs> he looks good in a jean tuxedo. A denim
1: tuxedo. Whatever you want to call
0: whatever. it. Whatever. Um what really gets me, I don't know what gets me about it is when he like he like goes to like touch her face he's like holding her chin and she lets him for a minute and then she like pulls away that i don't know something about
1: that because she like leans into it and then she's like wait a second
0: and then she's like no i'm fine like i'm she's She's like like, oh my god
1: wait what are you doing
0: yeah no no to herself i know she's almost like no watch it like -uh." they totally had sex after this episode
1: okay that was gonna be my question (laughs) earlier
0: yeah they absolutely did like
1: she just, right? she just got back from being
0: i was I gonna like ask you Had didn't until this point yet like i don't know that they when she got back i feel like it was like definitely sussing out boundaries but like i feel like i lean towards the headcanon that they started having sex during the cancer arc mm. that's what i lean towards most but i think like a headcanon that could exist was that after this episode could have been a first time
1: i think um i agree I, I i yeah i think i mean everyone i mean you know my head canon is like that yeah. they had sex like or 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 were intimate in some way like when they like truly like when they were at their lowest points
0: yeah and
1: then were actually um
0: i like that head canon. i don't know i go back and forth a lot i
1: know so do i but i think that that's like the most consistent headcanon that I've had where like I think that they were intimate in some way beyond being platonic partners.
0: And I like that the idea that they had sex right away like early in the beginning because I definitely checked that with her character and having been with so many of her superiors but that it wouldn't be emotionally intimate or like explicitly discussed until cancer arc. Totally,
1: yeah but oh I was going to say like no it's okay when they um when they almost lose one one of the like when one of them is almost lost yeah. is, is when they and so this obviously would have been a big one mm-hmm. but this was also a huge violation for her so I don't know how yeah she would have reacted like that I, I tend to lean more towards like she I want to believe that, like, <laughs> that she, like, <laughs> called him and, like, literally asked him to, like, come over and hold her. And yeah. that's what where, like, the revival bit, like,
0: yeah, resurfaced.
1: But um, I also feel like this Dana Scully wouldn't have been that emotionally vulnerable with him yet. And she would have just let I- herself suffer, even though he would have come over and done that for her, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that oh, seems I like it would check out. Course. I feel like they would have wanted to after this episode, but I don't know that anybody would have been willing to ask. Or
1: that's the thing. And I think yeah. the cancer arc is different because she's writing love poetry
0: to him in her journal, like
1: that. And I also think like she um, just wanted to um, have control over yeah. herself and her body. I and I think that was a lot different than some like you know fresh trauma and and especially such a Mm. bodily violation that she experienced
0: i'm with you i agree
1: anyways this scene is really hot
0: yeah this scene is really erotic (laughs) um and then trepcos comes in fucking cook despite Um (laughs) the
1: fact that i've just seen a giant spore shoot out of a woman's body I know. Like, I forgot about it already. I
0: literally completely that's how, forgot That's about how that. erotic it is. Yep. Um, Good for them. So, Trepkos comes in, and he's, like, all sad about Jesse, even though he clearly didn't give a shit about her. Um, and the evacuation unit fi- finally comes, but Trepkos decides to stay. Like, he doesn't want to go back to the real world. I don't fucking know. He's angsty. Um, Mulder's like let him live in the forest oh, so then <laughs> they so Mulder and Scully get out and they they don't test like they're quarantining like you can hear in Mulder's voiceover, um, and they get rid of all the evidence of course like everything like nothing happened and then Trek Coast goes into a cave with Jesse's body and that's the end of the episode
1: so it's like good job uh, another woman in peril for a man's pain like make it Romeo and Juliet I guess because they both Literally. die at the end I don't really know I, it's so fucking weird yeah it's very strange
0: yep so that's the episode
1: that is the episode do
0: you want to do Jillian's Corner? we have not in a minute I know yeah let's do it can we sing? yeah let's sing okay ready?
1: <clears throat> mm. <Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba>. Jillian's <laughs> Jillian's Corner <laughs>
0: You both went jazzy. <laughs> um, do you want? Do you want to talk? I can talk.
1: Please. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. <laughs> for Julian's corner, we are going to talk about an interview that she did. It was a radio interview, back in the day. Um, and it was truly one of the first real things that Stevie and I like I would say first pieces of content Stevie and I like consume together yeah it is just so wonderful if you it haven't listened so to wonderful. it just listen to it it just oh,
0: shit. the it was in the 90s yeah it was
1: in the 90s she goes through some really rad music that she likes and her mom is there and they cook a meal together it's just really sweet, and she's really cute.
0: Yeah, and then Jillian gets to um, pick all the music that they play for like the hour or whatever that she's on. And I have a Spotify list, a uh, playlist of it that we can post if, if you want. To, yeah, the music that she plays on this show.
1: I love it so much because, one, it was like the first thing that when Stevie and I were talking about it she was freaking out in the same way that I was freaking out and I had never experienced that in my life I know. and Me so I either. was so I was just like I can't believe that she cares as much about these silly little things like as much as I do and long story short I was up until like 5 a.m listening to it
0: that was like our first all-nighter <laughs> yeah talking, I think because I had listened to it I was I had a long drive and I listened to it in the car and then i think like that night or something or like maybe like the day after you were like okay good night i'm going to bed and i was like okay good night and then you started listening to it and you text me like and you're like i'm freaking out and then we text like all night about it and she picks great music
1: she picks fantastic music and that's all i have to say about it
0: me too so yeah listen to it we'll post it and we'll post the playlist too that was one of our friendship contents
1: yep and that's it.
0: Oh, that was so fun. I remember being so excited when you texted me about it. Because I always was sad when you went to bed.
1: <laughs> I truly, I was really, wow. Because
0: <laughs> you would go to bed early because of the time change. And I was like, mm. I know. And that's the episode. That's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. We fucking adore you. All of the kisses and loves. Mm-hmm. Loves. Yeah, loves. Yeah, loves. All the loves. Yeah. And we'll see you next time on... This is fails. Bye. Bye. Bye.